Domino 7, Reforming Primary Care in Nova Scotia. Primary care, secondary care, tertiary care, quaternary care. These labels group our available health services so that we can match investigations and treatments with the severity and complexity of health conditions. Primary care refers to wellness promotion and disease prevention activities, care by family doctors, nurse practitioners, family practice nurses, pharmacists, physiotherapists, and others. Please also listen and read column that refers to Domino 1, the health system, how it is organized, and how we measure its function. Primary healthcare reformation in Nova Scotia officially began in 2000 with the introduction of nurse practitioners. In 2003, the primary healthcare branch established in the government's Department of Health. In 2004, electronic medical records were introduced. In 2005, Capital District Health Authority's District Department of Primary Health Care was established and the first primary care forum was held in Halifax. In 2008, wellness centers were introduced into communities and offered services directly to Nova Scotians. The province's funding contract with family doctors developed incentives to support their work and optimize their role in primary care. Doctors offering lifespan-based comprehensive services were given incentives that would support them to work in chronic disease care, maternal and newborn care, nursing home care, home visits, and obstetrical care. In 2009, midwives were introduced, as was the 811 telephone system. In 2010, an expanded scope of practice for pharmacists was introduced. In 2011, collaborative emergency centers were developed. In 2013, pharmacists were enabled to diagnose and treat minor ailments. In 2014, an expanded scope of nurse practitioners was introduced, as well as the Prescription Monitoring Act. In 2015, new medical staff bylaws and a new process of privileging and credentialing doctors was set in place within the new Nova Scotia Health Authority. Restrictions on new family physician MDs setting up practice in the province was also enforced. In 2016, the Nova Scotia Health Authority's primary health care team was responsible for planning and executing a staged setup of collaborative care centers with team-based care, which overall is expected to take 10 years to develop. During the past 16 years, each of the three political parties has enjoyed a majority for at least four years. They have therefore not been impeded by opposition to health care reform that they sought to achieve during their time in office. A number of people from various fields, health professionals, organizations, as well as the public have had input into this reformation through focus groups, meetings, working on committees, development and application of policy. We have seen positive and negative impacts due to these changes. We have experienced intended results and unintended consequences. At each point, reality has met with ideology and either shaken hands or started a wrestling match that still continues. For example, there is widespread agreement that it is logical to reinforce services within the community in primary care 
such as in a family doctor's office, wellness centers, or in pharmacies, all of which are readily and already available in the community. However, when you think of health services that are packaged within silos, it is ideologically naive to think that putting people together will make them work like a team. For example, even consider just the front staffs that work in a medical office. It is rare for them to be considered members of the healthcare team. They happen to be one of the most important points of contact with people and for people and form the backbone of the support structure without which the practice cannot run smoothly. And yet, they are rarely treated as a valued team member whose input is requested and investments made in their professional development. It is only a minority of them that are paid a living wage, health benefits, and support during sickness or disability so that they can manage their needs and that of their families. They exist as a silo within a silo. The doctor-nurse team, which is most recognized within hospitals as the norm, when introduced within community settings, cannot take shape without first addressing historical and current-day barriers that prevent them from working like a team. Please also refer to column called Domino 5, Impact of the Rules Within Medicare and the Economics of Small Business. Nurse practitioners offer skills and services that can significantly increase capacity for care in primary care settings. Their benefits can be amplified by linking them with existing services rather than using them to replace them. Due to the overlapping nature of the scope of practice with family doctors and pharmacists, it remains important to get it right and not set these services up to compete with one another, but to truly collaborate. The caution remains in this setting also to not assume that simply putting them together will make them a team. Teams will take time to develop into a cohesive, well-oiled COGS that works smoothly. Present-day medical legal responsibility for the outcome of healthcare presently rests solely with the doctor. These laws have to be rewritten to distribute this responsibility to the most responsible provider of care, the workflow itself, and the shared care that such teams are expected to offer people during the 10-year period that collaborative care is developed. It cannot be stressed enough that a transitional model that bridges and supports primary care so that it can evolve into a vibrant and effective network of collaborating services is urgently needed. During this transition, the needs of the escalating numbers of Nova Scotians without a family doctor and without access to primary care services has to also be managed simultaneously. Please note that information provided in this column was from the uh, do from Doctors Nova Scotia, the Capital District Department of Family Physicians, and the Nova Scotia Health Authority.